Hey there, this is Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. You're listening to the Aligned Women podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If you want more time with your family and more money in your bank account, you're in the right place. Be sure to take our Aligned Practice quiz to find out how aligned your practice is. You can find it at www.alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. Now sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. All right, everyone. I'm here today with Dr. Melanie Shane. Oh my gosh. We just Shainer. talked about this the last time I talked to you mm-hmm. about how people <laughs> mispronounce your last name. Shaner. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I was like, wait, do I have it wrong? Um, Melanie Shaner. And this is the fifth of a series of on-air coaching calls where we're talking about adding a course to your practice to help teach something that you know to more of your patients or potentially even people outside of your practice who are not patients yet they might live in other geographical areas, so they don't have access to you, but they have access to another chiropractor. Yet there's something specific that's on your heart that you want to share more of with the world and how we can go about getting that out there. And I think we've talked in the previous episodes, like why you would want to do that. So I'm sure we can sort of share a bit more about that as we go through today. But if you want to hear more about that, go to the previous episode. So let's see, yours is 141, episode 141. And start with episode 136, 137-ish for the why. Why in the world would you want to do something like this when it's like, you're a chiropractor, just adjust the spine, just see more people, just adjust more people. Now you can make your own assumptions about why from there. (laughs) All right. So Melanie, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, your family, your practice, and we'll take it from there. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, like Dr. Daniel said, I'm Melanie Shaner. I am happily married to my husband of 10 years already. I have a son who is four, Sam, and I have a daughter that's only a week older than your daughter, and she just turned two, and her name's Adeline. So we are in Shelby Township, Michigan, and I love this topic so much because I truly am one of those nerds who doesn't mind doing a dinner with a doc or connecting with my community to teach them with chiropractic, but I got really excited about this topic because we're missing the point uh, <laughs> and truly helping other moms, like pregnant mamas with what's going on and how to make sure that their baby is getting the best start and mama's getting the best start in her transition into parenthood. Yeah, we were just chatting about this before we started recording, and I was like, oh, man, we should be recording because you were really in the zone with what you were talking about. Hopefully, we can recreate the magic for the audience yeah. on the podcast. But essentially, you you have this perspective, this idea to share more information with um, a larger a larger um, net, essentially, of women in your community who are not having the home birth, who maybe... Um, missed opportunity to learn about why they would want to avoid interventions and, or they just chose not to avoid interventions. Like they, they went into their birth um, wanting to have a cesarean or they went into their birth wanting to have an epidural and that's what was right for them. And yet they go, they go through that experience and there's still going to be challenges on the other side. Side note, when I had my first baby, I had a cesarean. I went into this big shame spiral about, 
I'm a chiropractor. My mom, me too. five babies naturally in the hospital. Why couldn't that happen for me? What did I do wrong? Uh, there were lots of, lots of things I didn't even know I should have been or could have been doing while I was pregnant. But I, I had this like notion that because I had had a cesarean, I was like no longer legit enough as a chiropractor. Um, but also I was completely unaware that no matter how the baby came out, it was going to be quite a process of recovering, whether it was a vaginal delivery or a cesarean. Uh, my body wasn't just going to like snap back <laughs> the way that I thought that it was. So my expectations were really, really unrealistic in lots of ways, having my first baby. And yeah. Kind and of- I, it's, it's crazy because I feel like I have the, I, I don't want to say like the pleasure, but like, I'm grateful that I had a C-section and I've had a V-back water birth with. So I, I look at moms who have all this shame and I'm like, the V-back was not this heavenly orgasmic experience either. It didn't tickle. Like you're like, you just, we think like birth is going to I mean, it's definitely like a transcendent moment, regardless of how that baby has come out of your body. But for some reason, I felt like that after my C-section too. Like I couldn't be the prenatal pediatric chiropractor because how can you teach about natural birth when you didn't have one? Like you didn't do it either. So like you have, you're not, you're talking the talk, but you didn't walk the walk either. And Mm -hmm. instead we have these stigmas around birth and instead it needs to be like, okay, this is what a C-section looks like. This is what a physiological birth looks like in the hospital without interventions. Here's what an epidural looks like. Here's a home birth. But what my birth had in common, both the C-section and my HVAC was I needed to be checked and my baby needed to be checked. We both had a baby just came out of my body and regardless if it was (laughs) surgical or, you know, being gently born in the water. I mean, Addie couldn't have had a more gentle birth. I mean, granted, you still have nine pounds, two ounces coming out of your body. It's not easy. Um, And the healing was completely different. Um, Pelvic floor was completely different with a vaginal delivery versus a C-section certain things I did a couple weeks later, I was like, oh, those muscles were used this time where they weren't with the C-section. So instead of shaming moms, it's like, okay, choose your own adventure. What path did you go on? And this is how we'll help you heal. Because right now, if I was to find out that I was pregnant and I have placenta previa, please sign me up for my C-section. That's the safest way for my baby to be born. So I have done dinner with the docs, fun ones, like baby bumps and beer bellies and moms and dads show up and we have mocktails and quite the production. It's a lot of fun. And the feedback I was always getting from these events are, oh my gosh, thank you so much for having this event. I had a natural birth. And that's exciting. But I also know the same mom has been posting on Facebook, like my baby, like we've already quit breastfeeding because you know, they had torticollis or the helmet or colic or constipation, all this stuff. I'm like, that's the message I have to get out is, oh, great. You had a natural birth. How do we make sure that baby is getting their best start? And that is with us and their prenatal team. 
getting that best start for both mom and baby so that they have that smooth transition. What did that baby's nervous system do in order to get out of mom? And how are they responding to nursing and being out earth side? Mm-hmm. So instead of the 1% of home birthers that us chiropractors try to you have to have a home birth, let's convert the whole world into having their babies at home. It's only 1% of women have home birth. So what about the 99% that just kind of shut the volume down on us? Like, well, not having a natural birth, so I don't need chiropractic. And they move on. Right. That's not true. Right. I think there was never a time I needed chiropractic more than after I had my babies. And, and I had my first um, delivery was a cesarean. I tried a VBAC in the hospital with my second baby. I tried a home birth. Um, with my third baby and then ended up with cesareans with all three of them. And I'm with you. Um, if I were actually, this is probably different. Like if I were pregnant with a fourth baby right now, I would mm-hmm. just schedule the, do you think, like I would schedule the delivery. I would schedule the cesarean and I'd just be like, okay, this is the day that the baby's going to be born. Mm-hmm. Um, after, you know, having three cesareans, all of which I didn't want to have this time. I feel like, no, I'm, I'm good. I would just go, I would, I would choose that option at this point and it would be my choice to do that. Um, and there's also a part of me that's like, I don't know if I would really feel confident enough to try to home birth again after three cesareans. Um, yeah. but that's not necessarily the, the, the point of what we're talking about today. I, I think that what you are getting at is really specifically like you want to be able to share with more people, um, more women who are going through the motherhood transition, how, um, what to expect essentially and what's normal, what is, um, common, but not normal and what they had, what they can do about it afterwards so that they're not just suffering through motherhood and, you know, like suffering through that first year, but, but a lot of the things then just become, chronic, like we've adapted our life to peeing in our pants and we jump on a trampoline. (laughs) So we don't jump on the trampoline anymore. So it may not seem like a problem, but we're avoiding um, an activity that causes the problem. Right. Well, and I think too, like we talked about this with marketing where when you're constantly saying like chiropractic's great for eczema and you're like, oh, okay, you buy that. Like chiropractic's great for sag pain. Oh, okay. After a while, people are going to call BS on you, like, oh, chiropractic just cures everything, right? When, you right. Ha- when you're talking to this mama while she's still pregnant and saying, like, this is the nervous system. The nervous system controls all of this. So if this is stuck from the birth process, then you might run into problems with breastfeeding and colic and constipation, eczema, and all of those things. Instead, we're preaching natural birth. And then six months later, you see this mama posting on the prenatal yoga webpage. My baby has been screaming her head off for the last three months with colic. And everybody's like, chiropractic, chiropractic, chiropractic. Everybody, oh yeah, go to the chiropractor. It cures it. And you're like, why didn't I get that message across when she was, didn't have a screaming baby, when she wasn't in fight or flight, when she wasn't, now she's desperate just posting a question on the internet. Instead, it's like we have to get moms to understand, like, we don't cure symptoms and ailments. We make sure that your spine is aligned so that the brain can talk to the body and your baby is getting the best start. And we can measure that. We can find it. Because 
I think it's frustrating if I were to take my baby to a chiropractor and of course we can locate subluxation, but if you have like scanning technology and you can be like, all right, look, this is what the nervous system is doing in the neck. You can actually show and measure those objective findings to a mom because if I didn't know anything about chiropractic and this person's just feeling on my baby's neck, I'm like, okay, here you go. Enhance my baby back. I'm like, did it work? Right. Did you help? What did you do? And, and a lot of times adjusting a baby looks like you're doing nothing at all. Nothing. You're right. just kind of like putting your fingers right. on them. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, can I just do this at home? No, oh, probably not. You probably want a no. license and a diploma to do it. But <laughs> And years right. of experience also, like knowing what you're feeling. Right. And if, difference. if they are coming to this, like, oh, have a natural birth, and that's all we're preaching is, oh, okay, I should probably have a home birth. Yeah, that's not okay for me. And then they, like, write off chiropractic. Like, oh, I tried it. And then six months later, when they're in the throes of, they're, they're not looking to something like that. They want more of a quick fix, which chiropractic can be for babies because mm-hmm. they acclimate so fast. But we really need to get this message out when moms are relaxed, are able to receive this information. And we need to, like, yes, your birth is important and we can plan as best as we possibly can, but you're going to have to mother now for the rest of your life. Like, you're making a transition. So let's give you the best start possible. Because I feel like in my practice, like, you almost either have the moms who are diehards, like, they bring the baby to you right from the hospital or right after birth, or you don't see them for three months. And it's somebody else that said, I didn't realize you could help with torticollis. Yep, we do. So I think that's more of the course that, and it, it can be done in an hour. All of this could be presented to a mom. She's like, Oh, okay. And it's do just very repeatable. Envision this being something you teach in person or in an online format or potentially both. Both, both. That way you can reach literally the masses. I, I had an, an event and I put it up on Eventbrite and it was for a hundred people and it was full within 10 hours. I guess when you offer free beer at Baby Bumps and Beer Bellies, you're going <laughs> to have a full <laughs> dinner with the doc. So anyway, I do feel like this is also great for moms, the veteran moms who are like second, third time around, like, okay, my first baby screamed her head off, had ear infections, terrible eczema. I do not want to do that again. These are the moms that already have a toddler. They're not coming to your baby bumps and beer bellies event. They already know the natural birthing. Maybe they're already scheduling their C-section. Instead, it's like, okay, how do I give this baby the best start? And, okay, I'm going to sign up for this webinar, this course, and I can pop headphones in at 1030 when everybody's in bed and watch it. Because yep. once you have kids, you're not, you're not going to dinners with the docs. I, I don't think I would go to an event right now unless I was super desperate for my kids. Uh, yeah, that's a really interesting question. I would, you know, if I went into a chiropractic office right now, or especially like, um, a year and a half ago, <laughs> I went into a chiropractic office and they were like, you need to come three times a week for the next 12 weeks. I would be like, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> right. Right. I don't think I can mm-hmm. manage my kids getting them out of the house three times a week. Most likely at that time I would have been doing it on my own without my husband, you know? So right. no, yeah. not signing myself up for that. Um, but this could help lower the barrier of entry essentially into chiropractic care for women that are postpartum, especially when they have a better understanding of why it's so important for them, why it's so important for their baby as well. 
much. And also you're not going to be giving a 36 visit care plan if that baby is fresh, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. Right. I, with scanning, I notice that it's usually not more than a 12 visit care plan before transitioning them into wellness. And if they do decide to, you know, do other medical stressful things, um, you, we can rescam and see how they acclimate <laughs> to those things. I was like, right? medical stressful things. What with the, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> those. Well, yep. Let's leave it at that. So, <laughs> I've noticed if you have like a pretty, you know, under six weeks old, those, if you're three times a week, you can do three times a week and have a pretty effective care plan in six visits. You'll see great changes. I like to err on more. Like I don't want to just hurry up and transition someone to mm -hmm. wellness right away, but it's honesty. It's like, let's, I like to, because babies change so fast. I like to rescan after six visits to see if we're actually making a change and they are adapting to what I'm doing, but it's, just to start is always 12 visits before wellness. And I feel like that's more palatable for a new mom. Like, okay, let's just look at the next two weeks, see mm -hmm. if we're making a change to go down. But it's not, hey, we'll try this and see how it goes. That's the last thing I ever want someone to say about my child. I'm not going to try this and do my time and money and see how it goes. Like, I want to see results. What is going on here? Yes. Okay. So what is your time frame for having a course ready to teach? I think yeah. I just, I need more. Um, this has been on my brain for, I would say a solid two years because my last baby bumps and beer bellies event, I was six weeks postpartum. In fact, I nursed my daughter at like halftime of the show, if you will. Um, I think I just need a little, I'm a little bit more white space. I, I honestly think I could have this up and running in six weeks maybe less. I just you have to sit down and make content. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's going to be a matter of like organizing your thoughts around it. Yeah. But you're not pulling stuff out of the thin air. No. A lot of what you're intending to teach, you already know you're already right. teaching it. Yeah. It's just that you would be creating a more systematized way of sharing the information with other people. Yeah. I mean, it's really a systemized way of my own experience. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Yes. And by the way, our own experiences are really valid. Absolutely. A, a lot of women have this idea on their mind, like I could teach a course on this. I could share this with more people. I could, my patients would have better outcomes if they knew all of this stuff mm -hmm. and I don't have time to teach it to them. <laughs> and we often are teaching from a perspective of like our own life experience combined with our clinical education and experience. And we tend to dismiss or diminish that life experience. That life experience is really valid, especially when you have the life experience combined with your clinical education and experience. You put those two things together and like, kapow, <laughs> it's really right. powerful. And we're given those experiences so that we can help other people with them so that right. we can like, we, and we don't have to have all the answers. We can like reach our hand back and show someone the next couple of steps to take. Right. Compared to if you've figured it all out, you're sitting on the mountaintop and then there's people down at the bottom in the valley, like struggling right, to know what to do next. You can't. I think there's so many moms too, just that have that shame of, I didn't have a natural birth. But you're like, I, I'm thinking of like Dr. Christy Wick, she had her babies via C-section and she talks about how the doctor was literally standing over her on the table 
to get her baby out. And she, she didn't have the shame around her birth. It was, she knew what she was able to do for her son in the NICU that, yes, yeah, someone could say, well, you had a C-section. She's like, but look what I did for my son. Look what chiropractic care did for my son, regardless mm-hmm. of my birth outcome. Cause she was very helpful after, cause I was coaching with her when I was pregnant with my second one. And it was, she transcended the shame because the message of we still have babies to help. We have babies to save regardless. And if you can put that shame down of, well, I had a C-section because you know that your purpose is bigger to help babies and moms not get sick, not have eczema, help with their breastfeeding journey, have a shorter stay in the NICU, not worry about seizures or other things that we know that come from birth injury and having the top three bones misaligned, our shame is this big. It's so tiny in comparison to saving a baby's life. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, chiropractic saves lives, but <laughs> it's, well, it's big. I think it's, it's also like, do. how do you define saving lives, right? Are we talking right. life or death? Are we talking like living versus not living? Right, right. Yeah living optimally versus just getting by. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's putting in ourselves the fact that you told me that your babies were born via cesarean. I'm like, Oh, well, I guess I'm done talking to Dr. Danielle then. She just doesn't know anything about mothering. How could she possibly know about adjusting children if she didn't have the right birth? I didn't think that. What's what? Oh my God. We, we have the same story. How did you get through that? Can you help me with that? There's a whole different level of empathy. So, and trust, right? And trust. Trust, yep. yes. What do you think will be, if you can have the foresight to even know, what do you think will be your biggest challenge in, in creating this course and or getting it out there? Um, I honestly think my biggest thing is like, are people going to pay for this? Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's part of it. Like, What's so different about your course versus Bradley method or whatever? Well, it's not talking about how to have a delivery. It's here's your deliveries. This is how we transition into motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. This is a great question because I think with a couple of like perspective shifts, perhaps, then that won't even be an issue anymore. First and foremost, should you be able to charge for this? Heck yes, because Mm -hmm. again, this comes from not only your life experience, but also your clinical experience and education, right? Which is, I mean, if you're like most other chiropractors in our demographic, you invested roughly 200,000 at the time of the principal balance alone um, into your education as a chiropractor, plus all your additional training, um, what you've invested into yourself, your own learning, that all matters. And Additionally, a lot of times we feel like, well, people pay for this because what we want to share with them is actually, it's become really easy for us. And we then are like, well, this is so easy. It's so simple. Is there a monetary value here? Mm -hmm. It's easy for you because you've spent a lot of time learning. And never um, thought of it that way. Yeah. You spent a lot of time learning. Yeah. So we often feel like, oh, but this is so simple just because of the fact that we don't really realize how much we know in comparison to someone who's just at the start and doesn't know any of this stuff (laughs) at all. And they would save a lot of money on ignorance tax. Yeah. 
And, and yeah. so you, what you'll need to do as you move forward with creating this course is you'll need to really clarify for marketing purposes, especially what is the problem that this course helps solve for someone that enrolls in it. Right. And, yeah. and that might be um, not, it, it's sometimes like we help them solve a problem that they know that they have. And sometimes we're helping them solve a problem that they know they don't want to have or that they're not even aware yet that they could have. So we're helping them to avoid problems. And that's really like the space that your course will fall into, right? You're, you want to help them avoid problems or know what to do when problems do come up and like know to do this quickly so that the problems can be resolved quickly and that they're not going on suffering with a colicky baby for the whole first trimester. Right. Um, so that's like step number two, because step number one would be to really create the content and get clear on that. Step number two would be then to look at, okay, what, how do I position this so that people understand the value of what I'm offering and what problem does this solve for them? What is a possibility for them when they have this information, what will be different for them in their lives? So what, what's your thought? What is the problem that this information solves for them? I think if you framed it, as a, you know, when you think of having your brand new baby, you think of snuggling and everything is just peaceful and quiet and you're, you're not three months in with a screaming child. I think it's like, you're not thinking of a sick child or a problematic child. And I think if you give that mother, that visual of, okay, I do actually have to think past my birth. I don't want I don't want my child to suffer from something that's silent going on. Like, how do I measure this? How do I, um, how do I prevent things that happen from subluxation? How do I prevent a colicky baby constipation? Like we, we've heard of all the new mom, new baby problems. How do we get a jump start on it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they, yeah, they probably have heard from their friends. If this is their first baby, they've heard horror stories from their friends mm -hmm. about babies not sleeping, um, babies just that won't stop crying, not um, pooping, not pooping, babies that are on medication, and the parents right. are worried about side effects or long term effects. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't want my baby to be like that, but I don't know right. what to do. I don't, or even right. if there is anything I could do." Right. To prevent that. It's almost like the, I hear it all the time. Like, I wish I would have known all the time. Like, I wish I would have known about you when my babies were little. I wish I would have known. I mean, I really delved into helping a lot of kiddos with like ADHD and on the autism spectrum. And it's the same progression over and over again. It's, you know, a stressful pregnancy, a stressful birth, stressful medical interventions. None of these things in itself bad. Like mom is doing the best, mom and dad are doing the best things they possibly can for their kid. But I mean, if we think of our nervous system as this giant bucket, that water should nicely be flowing through, how much water were we pouring into that kiddo's bucket? So do we need to make that kiddo's like hole in the bucket bigger, poke some more holes so that stress runs through it? Because we know like, okay, stressful birth, and then we're going to add hep B, and then we're going to add those antibiotics in the six weeks of the NICU stay. And, oh, it's two months, time for an pediatrician appointment. Oh, now we have acid reflux. And because of that medication, we, like that bucket is overflowing. And if we would know that if we calm that nervous system and they get back into parasympathetic, 
then the brain's able to talk to the digestive system. We're not projectile vomiting anymore and constipation and all of those things. So it's almost more of a, I wish I would have known for the, like a, getting you in the know, like, I wish I would have known, let me hand this to you on a platter, mom. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And what will be different for her when she does know this information proactively? Peace of mind. I mean, you know, like when something's wrong with your kid, moms are better than the FBI and the CIA. They <laughs> dig stuff up. They're on the internet. They find you so fast. And it's like the weirdest ways that some moms will come in to your office. Like I heard about you through this, or I was digging through and like your name came up. So if you just get a little bit louder to these moms, like, Hey, we have a solution for this. And we hone in on that one message because as chiropractors, we have 5 million messages, right? Yeah. It's we, we market, which is a beautiful thing. It really is. But if you give that mom, like the peace of mind, the know-how that one, you're in the right place. I've been there. I know it sucks. We got you. You have a safe space to go to and you feel secure with your baby and we can measure what's going on and you actually see the outcome. That's huge peace of mind instead of like, I don't know. Let's try it and see how it goes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's medicine. That's Zantac. That's everything else we give. Right. I don't know if the medicine's going to work either. You know, I just had an experience um, that I shared with you before we were recording. And (laughs) one of my kiddos, two of them had um, earaches, but one in particular, I took her to urgent care because she had been in pain for so long, even after she had symptoms of her eardrum rupturing. And I'm looking with the otoscope and I'm like, I don't even see an eardrum anymore. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And, and they confirmed that urgent care. Yep. She, like her eardrum is ruptured to the point of like almost not being there anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, they wanted to prescribe for her amoxicillin and ciprodex in the form of eardrops. So the amoxicillin was oral, ciprodex mm-hmm. in the form of eardrops. And I was like, Cipro, hmm, Cipro is that antibiotic that's been linked to tendon ruptures, right? And the PA says, yeah, but that's a different different drug. And this that drug is oral. This one is delivered through drops in the ear. And I was like, that doesn't really sit any better with me. Like, well, there's muscles and there's bones in the ear, right? I mean, mm-hmm. then there's also some really small tendons. So, um what if the tendons in her ear ruptured? That doesn't sound good. And he says, well, that's not a known side effect of this, of this drug. And I was like, still not okay. Just because it's not a known side effect right now doesn't mean it couldn't be in the future. So no thanks. No thanks. And thankfully I didn't get, I didn't get the drug. She symptomatically at least is like back to normal now without it. I'm really glad that I didn't choose it. And I even talked with her cause she's almost nine. I was like, listen, she heard the conversation at the pharmacy. The pharmacy led with this drug is really expensive. Are you sure that there's not an alternative that your doctor could prescribe? And I was like, I don't care what the cost of this drug is kid. Like mm-hmm. the reason I'm concerned about getting it is because I don't know that in the future, they wouldn't be telling us, Oh yeah. Side effect of that medication is, ruptures of tendons. Right. And she was like, well, what does that mean? I said, essentially what it means is that you could have some significant hearing loss in the future that wouldn't be repairable. That's the worst case scenario. And she was like, that sounds really scary. I don't want to do that. I didn't want to do that either. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, think about how many people are out there that have no clue, right? right? Their doctor says, use this medication. There's no known side effects. Here you go. And, and they're just like, oh, okay. Right. And if we could tackle it beforehand where it wasn't an issue, that's something to celebrate. Yeah. Let's celebrate that your child won't have to. I mean, it's almost embarrassing as chiropractors because my son had an ear infection back in June and his eardrum did rupture. And I was like, I'm a chiropractor. How did my son's, I mean, and he's, he was four and I was like, okay, let's celebrate that he was four years old and has had an amazing immune system. My son's been sick twice and very mild, no big deal where it's just all we see on Facebook is, oh, my poor baby's sick again. And then they have a whole like pharmacy set up mm-hmm. of the nasty pink stuff and, oh, but I'm enjoying the snuggles and those posts like break my heart because yes, kids are going to get sick. Yes. You need it. There's a time and a place for medication, but typically it's the same moms with the same kids over and over again. You're like, I can help you. I know I can help you because of where the actual cause is coming from. You are in such a state of fight or flight that your nervous system can't pay attention to your immune system. Your immune system cannot fully function when you're in fight or flight and your immune system has a fight or flight or and rest and digest system as well. So what are those T1 versus T2, like all those things going on? If, if you're so busy thinking that T-Rex is about to bite your head off, <laughs> you don't, you don't care if you have eczema and an ear infection every other week, yeah. we have to get it. You can throw all the medication at it too. You're still masking the same problem of your body is not able to heal itself yeah. flat out. I think you just talked me through that is the biggest thing is we're not curing anything. We're not curing ear infections. We're not curing that stuff. You're giving your baby the ability to heal him or herself by making sure that the immune system's activated. Okay. You're rock solid on your clinical knowledge and your confidence and certainty in what you do, why you do it, and the impact that it can have in people's lives. So with that being said, how do you feel now about whether or not people will pay for this information? Oh, I actually feel like they would. Yeah. Why would they not? Right. Right. You nailed it with the whole, like, this is so easy. I, I get frustrated all the time with my secretary and my husband. Like, how do people not know this? And my husband is always like, because their nose isn't in a book all the time, like yours yeah. is. Or like, oh, that's just how it works, you know, and they suffer through it. So I, I don't accept that. I don't accept that mediocrity with my own children. I, I don't think most chiropractors do. We, we don't accept that kids are just supposed to be sick. Right. That's, that's not our normal. No, I mean, so. really from a, from a big perspective, like a, an overarching worldview, mm-hmm. it's become normal to be sick. It's become normal yes. to be symptomatic. Right. And, yep. and to a certain extent, maybe that is normal. People's lifespans decades, centuries ago, used to be much shorter, not decades, centuries ago, or mm-hmm. much shorter than they are now. And of course, like there were challenges that they experienced physiologically that led to their shortened, shorter lifespans than what we have now. And, and, you know, to a certain extent, medication helps keep us alive for longer periods of time now. But right. again, it comes back to the quality of this right. long life that we have 
is right. it actually better? Right. Overall. Well, so why can't we have both? Why can't we have long lives that are also a high quality life? Right. And we just need to help more people know that that's possible for them. Yep. Okay. All right. Was this time helpful for you? It was so helpful. Good. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. Thank you. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Aligned Women podcast. If you've loved this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic who you know would love to be more profitable in her practice without sacrificing any more time with her family. And if you love what you hear on this show and want more insight into how you can have both more time freedom and more financial freedom, be sure to take the Align Practice Quiz. You can join our newsletter and get your free copy of the quiz at alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. You'll know in less than 15 minutes what you need to focus on right away to become present and profitable. We'll see you in your email inbox soon.